This is the Truth Hurts Program. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. It is Thursday, December the 15th, 2022. We did not do a program on Wednesday, the 14th day of December, due to a major weather system moving through the area where Studio 63 is located, down here in Bayou Country of South Louisiana. Tornadoes were reported, and the evidence of those tornadoes' aftermath is evident this morning throughout South Louisiana, the area of St. Charles Parish, due west of New Orleans, and the area just to the west bank of the Mississippi River, adjacent to New Orleans, and Jefferson Parish experienced tornadic activity. The major storm system moved through beginning around 11 a.m. yesterday morning and progressed through the state with one tornadic path starting in the city of Marrero, Louisiana, near Archbishop Shaw Catholic High School, destroying parts of its brand new football stadium and athletic grounds and moved across through the city of Harvey, the city of Gretna, into Algiers, across the river into St. Bernard Parish, and left a path of destruction that is very uncommon for the month of December in South Louisiana. You would more expect tornadic activity to be occurring in the spring months, not necessarily going into winter. This line of storms pushed on through Mississippi into Alabama and the panhandle of Florida this morning with multiple tornado watches and warnings up for the entire Gulf Coast area as the storm progresses towards the east, bringing with it a cold front. Folks in South Louisiana are not accustomed to cold weather. It is anticipated that this cold front is just the beginning of the Siberian Express yet to come, which could bring snow, ice, sleet, freezing rain, and very, very cold temperatures to the New Orleans area just in time for Santa Claus's arrival. The prediction is for very, very cold weather for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. The long-range forecasts, of course, always need to be monitored and updated. And we wish those people affected by yesterday's storm system, the tornadoes, and their families a speedy and healthy recovery. At least four people died in the tornadic outbreaks in Louisiana yesterday. I think two people, I believe, they said, were killed in Shreveport area, Caddo Parish, in the northern part of the state. A 56-year-old woman lost her life in St. Charles Parish yesterday. And there was one other reported death, though I don't have that information readily available. Our sincere, heartfelt prayers go out to the families of those victims. You can assist if you would like. Pick up your phone and contact the American Red Cross, the Salvation Army, Associated Catholic Charities, or any other faith-based organization that offers assistance to families displaced by natural disasters, fires, etc. Several of my friends posted actual cell phone videos of the tornadoes as they moved through the area. They posted those to social media yesterday, including Facebook. But uh, with their voices in the background and the shaky cell phone cameras, you could tell this was legitimate. Roofs completely torn off of buildings. The Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office losing its practice gun range for its deputies. Also, the St. Charles Parish Sheriff's Office's gun range on their property was heavily damaged, if not completely destroyed. 
Maybe this is the Democrats' way of getting gun control. Only they're taking the gun ranges away from law enforcement officers, so probably not. We got a whole lot to talk about aside from the weather in Louisiana yesterday, so let's get right to it, shall we? A quick buzz through the headlines, uh, if you will. People are sharing white people vernacular that they should use more, and it's hilariously accurate according to one article. Burlington, Vermont is reeling from the highest number of homicides in decades. Why? They defunded the police. That's why. Megyn Kelly blasts Disney for letting wokesters influence their decision to close Splash Mountain due to the ride's alleged racial undertones. No more Splash Mountain. Well, isn't that nice? More and more reason to not feed the rat. Merchant of Death prisoner freed by U.S. in exchange for Brittany Griner vows to help Vladimir Putin in the war against the Ukraine. Well, imagine that, Joe. Joe Biden wants to do everything he can to stop the war in the Ukraine, so he trades a pot-headed supposed female basketball player for the merchant of death who will now go and help Vladimir Putin against the Ukraine. Boy, I tell you, this Biden administration is an absolute joke. Ohio school fired a Christian teacher who refused to use preferred pronouns. Listen, when I was in school, if I would have told one of my teachers, I would like to be called King Steve of the U.S., I'd have gotten a paddle over my buttocks, and I would have been sent home. Preferred pronouns? You mean little sissy boys would like to be called her or she in preparation for their excursion to the her-she highway later in life? Ooh, that was rough, Steve, but that's okay. This Ohio school teacher was fired because she refused to use a student's preferred pronouns. You ought to be called what? Look between your legs, boy. You got a wiener down there? You a he. You a him. You ain't no sheep, boy. You might be a little fairy poofter, but you ain't no damn sheep. You can act like a sheep. You can dress like a sheep. You can pretend to be a sheep, but you ain't no sheep, boy. You a he. You a him. And I'm going to call you he and him. Now, what y'all going to do about it, huh? Step up. Step up. Ain't nobody got time for this foolishness. I'm going to dig into this one real quick. Jeremiah Poff wrote in the Washington Examiner, An Ohio middle school teacher sued her school district Monday, accusing the district of violating her First Amendment rights after she was abruptly fired for refusing to affirm students' stated gender identity or use their preferred pronouns. In other words, she said, young man to a boy and young woman to a girl, or hey, he needs to do this to a boy, or she needs to do that to a girl. The lawsuit was filed Monday in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Ohio. Vivian Garrity is a former teacher at Jackson Memorial Middle School in Massillon, Ohio, and she accused administrators at the school and the Jackson local schools of violating her right to freedom of speech and free exercise of religion when they fired her earlier this year for refusing to address two students who had claimed to have new gender identities by their preferred pronouns and names. The lawsuit, says Garrity, who is represented by the conservative legal group Alliance Defending Freedom, was informed on August 16th that two of her students wished to be addressed by new names and pronouns that did not correspond to their gender. Six days later, on August 22nd, the school counselor directed Garrity and other teachers to, quote, participate in the social transition of the two students, unquote. On the 26th of August, the lawsuit says, Ms. Garrity met with Casey Carter, the principal of the middle school, in the hopes of reaching a solution that would allow her to continue teaching without violating her religious beliefs or her constitutional rights. 
The principal informed her at the meeting that he avoided using pronouns whenever a student sought to be addressed by pronouns that did not correspond to their biological sex. But half an hour later, Garrity was again summoned to Carter's office, where she was asked by Carter and Monica Myers, the Director of Curriculum Instruction and Assessment for the Jackson Local School District, to explain her Christian religious beliefs and why she could not cooperate with the social transition of the students. After Ms. Garrity explained her beliefs, defendants Carter and Myers told Ms. Garrity that she would be required to put her beliefs aside as a public servant, the lawsuit says. Ms. Garrity explained she could not put her beliefs aside. She did not believe she should be compelled to do so as a condition of public service. According to the suit, Myers informed Garrity that refusing to use a student's preferred pronouns and name amounted to insubordination and that she could no longer teach for the school district. The teacher again refused and was sent back to her classroom. But shortly thereafter, Garrity was called once again to the principal's office and was given an ultimatum, acquiesce or resign. After she again reiterated her inability to cooperate with the so-called social transition, the lawsuit says Carter immediately handed Miss Garrity a laptop and ordered her to draft her letter of resignation in the adjoining room for immediate submission, and then she was promptly escorted off of the school grounds. In a statement to the Washington Examiner, the Alliance Defending Freedom Legal Counsel, Logan Spina, said the school's actions were unconstitutional, they were, and showed that the school was out to implement a woke ideology and compel this teacher to confess her conformity to it. Schools cannot force teachers to set their religious beliefs aside just to keep a job. They also can't force teachers to say things that are untrue and harmful to students. Vivian, the teacher, loves her students and only wants what's best for them, but the school does not care about that. Otherwise, they would have worked with her instead of immediately forcing her to resign. I wouldn't have signed it. I would have let them fire me. I'm not signing. I'm not typing up a letter of resignation on your stupid laptop. Fire me. Go ahead. Open yourself up to civil litigation. Open yourself up to a violation of my constitutional rights. Resign? Kiss my lily white ass. This is the Truth Hurts program. Our next headline, Ilhan Omar defends Qatar's slavery while once again trashing America. I don't even need to go into that. You all know what it is. Elon Musk is warned to prepare for hundreds or even thousands of arbitration cases. According to the LA Times, the powerhouse labor attorney Shannon Liss Riordan and former Twitter employees stood in front of a San Francisco federal courthouse on Thursday with a message for Elon. We won't back down. This is what the class action lawsuit against Mr. Musk and Twitter says. The richest man in the world is not above the law. What are you talking about? Mr. Musk bought a company. The company is not run to Mr. Musk's satisfaction. Mr. Musk puts a bunch of new rules and regulations in to run the company the way he the owner of the company wants. You either conform or you leave, right? I mean, you guys think it's okay to fire the teacher for her beliefs. Why do you put the double standard spin and think that you should be able to do things your way against Mr. Musk? You guys can't have it both ways. There's a premium electric car brand called Zeker, and they have filed for a US IPO. The company is owned by Geely, G-E-E-L-Y, the Chinese Geely Automobile Holdings Limited, 
said that its electric car brand Zeker, Z-E-E-K-R, had confidentially filed for a U.S. initial public offering, which will make it the first major Chinese listing in our country in nearly two years. Oh, Joe Biden cozying up to the Chinese Communist Party. Zeker filed with U.S. regulators last week without providing any details on the size of its IPO or the listing date. Reuters on Monday exclusively reported that they are aiming to raise a billion dollars in the U.S. IPO and seeking a valuation of $10 billion. That compares with the valuation of about $9 billion in its maiden external fundraising last year. The brand wants to compete with Tesla and wants to build cars and sell cars in the U.S. Yeah, okay. Well, speaking of electric cars, General Motors claims they know how they can combat the electric vehicle charging woes of our nation. As the automotive industry continues being forced into a shift into electrification, the charging infrastructure to keep those cars moving is sorely lacking in the U.S. General Motors is seeking to alleviate the issue as it says it plans to double the number of public level 2 electric car chargers in the U.S., by 2026 and will double the number of chargers available nationwide. Well, unless they're free, unless they're going to give me a free one that I can plug in anywhere and then I can use anyone's electricity, I have no desire. Sorry. More General Motors dealers are enrolling in the dealer community charging program. Can you imagine your GM dealers on one side of town, your offices on the other? You go, well, geez, I need to charge my car. Let me take it to a participating GM dealer. Now I need a ride to my office. And then General Motors pulls up in a big old honking diesel pickup truck to drive you across town, defeating the whole purpose of buying an EV to begin with. Mm -mm -mm. I don't know what to tell you, my friends. Until they make it much, much better, I have no desire to own an electric vehicle because... According to a report that I read yesterday before the tornadic outbreak in Louisiana, electric vehicles don't do really well in cold weather, especially in the snow. This Motor Biscuit story by Eric Sherman begins, Electric vehicles, or EVs, have a well-documented propensity to lose battery capacity in cold weather. Hey, maybe that's why they want us to have EVs. Global warming. There won't be any cold weather, so EVs would be the way to go, right? Eh, wrong. The effects of the cold are enough to make an EV untenable for your next new or used car purchase. Moreover, cold, ice, and snow might leave you stranded in your EV. Can your EV even deliver in the snow? Do EVs work in cold weather? While EVs do technically work in cold weather, there is a caveat. Battery electric vehicles tend to lose significant levels of charge when exposed to dramatic cold. For instance, at 20 degrees Fahrenheit, a temperature that could easily bring snow, an electric vehicle will lose nearly half of their charge. So when you think you've got 60 miles left to go and the temperature drops, you really only have about 30 miles to go. And with no charging stations readily available, your ass will freeze to death thanks to your EV purchase. AAA says that prolonged exposure to temperatures that low could compromise an EV's battery performance by as much as 41%. While your EV may handle okay in the snow, it might have difficulty getting you to or from your destination. For example, a Mini 
like the Mini Cooper, hardtop EV could lose 46 miles out of its 114-mile range, which could likely leave an EV owner stranded if they don't plan ahead. Put a generator in your trunk. Bring a can of gasoline to run the generator. <laughs> Despite the unfortunate battery depletion in cold weather, this article continues, some, but not all, EVs are actually good in the snow. Those with all-wheel drive send power to all four wheels in some models instead of just two. Dual or tri-motor setups promise not just torquey launches with gobs of grip. Those all-wheel drive models, which are few and far between, can prove that EVs are capable of driving in the snow. So, here's the question. What about rear-wheel drive? Rear-wheel drive gasoline cars suck in the snow. But rear-wheel drive electric cars suck just as badly, especially Mustangs and Challengers. Can you imagine? Those guys break traction on dry pavement. Imagine that on the snow with the heavy, heavy, heavy weight of all of those batteries in the trunk. Of course, any accessory you use, heating, radio, air conditioning, headlights, turn signals, all of those will decrease the already cold compromised range of your electric vehicle. And most EVs use energy directly from the grid, which could come from what? Come on, say it with me now. Fossil fuels like coal, natural gas, and oil. So are you really saving the planet buying a plastic car made from petrochemical products, running on electricity that is generated by burning petrochemical or coal? Quit fooling yourselves. This is the Truth Hurts program. Madu Fakur, a new fragrance by Samuel L. Jackson. Do you get tired of all the French perfumes and fragrances and chemicals that make men smell like women? Do the flowery fragrances available for so-called men make you feel like the world is trying to feminize you? Worry no more. Madu Fakur, a new fragrance by Samuel L. Jackson. Men just want to smell like motherfucking men, not like little bitch-ass girls. So I decided to create something to make a man smell like a motherfucking man. Motherfucker. By me, Samuel L. Motherfucking Jackson. Buy this shit or I'm coming looking. Motherfucker. By Samuel L. Jackson. Available at parfumeries, truck stops, gun shops, and men's stores nationwide. Now, those of you who listen to the Truth Hurts program on a regular basis, number one, I thank you. Number two, if you don't, I wonder why, but it's okay. You can tell me. I can take it. There was an article that I read to you the other day about a Pennsylvania school board member who said she refused to vote for the cis white male for school board president simply because he was a white male, a heterosexual white male. That is bigotry, my friends. And now, the Pennsylvania school board member who refused to vote for the only cis white male on the board to serve as president, even though she said he would be an excellent selection, has resigned from her post. This rotund, angry-looking Karen, Upper Moreland School District board member Jennifer Solot, made comments during an open school board meeting right before the vote was held to appoint the new school board president. I reported on that the other day. 
Now, this is a woman who is on the school board and was serving as the interim school board president when she made this following shockingly bigoted, very, very inappropriate statement. Having said that, I believe that Mr. DeLeo would make an excellent president. An excellent president. However, I feel that electing the only cis white male on this board president of this district sends the wrong message to our community, a message that is contrary to what we as a board have been trying to accomplish. I think- well, What is it that you're trying to accomplish? To abolish all cis white males completely? In the video, she is sitting next to a guy who looks like an Indian, not a feather, a dot. She's sitting between two other white women. Maybe one's a lesbian. Maybe all three of them are lesbians. I don't know, but by her statement, Miss Solot makes it sound like having the only, by the way, the only cis white male on the board, it's offensive to her, and making him president goes against everything she believes, which is to eliminate cis white males, I guess. Let's continue. It's only about another 30 seconds. I think that it's important that we practice what we preach and that our words have strength when they are spoken, whether we speak them from the neighborhood sidewalks or from behind these tables. Mrs. Steinbeck has done an exemplary job as president these last few months, and the strength of her performance has earned her my vote tonight. Now, just to be clear, Ms. Solot led these motions in her role as acting president during the board's reorganization meetings. There were two people up for the seat of president, April Steinbeck and George D'Elia. I believe Mr. D'Elia would make an excellent president. Hmm. Anyhow, long story short, on Monday, the Upper Moreland School District Superintendent issued a statement on Ms. Solot's comments. As a result of this incident, Ms. Solot has decided to resign from the board effective January 2nd, 2023. She wishes to apologize for her poorly chosen words and does not want to be a distraction from the great things happening in our schools on a daily basis. The district thanks Ms. Solot for her five years of service to the Upper Moreland community as a board member. Then the superintendent added that Ms. Solot's comments were, quote, solely hers, unquote, and did not represent the opinions of the rest of the school board members or the district. When asked for comments about this, Solot or D'Elia declined to comment. The superintendent, Ms. Elliott, went on to say, indeed, Board Director Greg D'Elia, who was the subject of Ms. Solot's comments, says he supports diversity, but these comments did not further diversity and reflected poorly on our community. According to Ms. Elliott, the district focuses on non-discrimination across the schools and inside the classrooms. I think they should focus on reading, writing, and arithmetic and quit worrying about all of these lies about discrimination and all this other BS. Ms. Elliott says she sees value in diversity of the community that it serves and helps students and staff to achieve success without discrimination based on race, color, age, creed, religion, sex, sexual orientation, ancestry, gender identity, and more. She says the district hires the most qualified person for the position and does not discriminate. But it doesn't matter. Mr. D'Elia was not selected. The rest of the board was swayed by Ms. Solat's very bigoted commentary. The only person to vote for D'Elia was D'Elia. It must really be okay to discriminate against white heterosexual Christian males in this country. This is the evidence and all the evidence you need.
The next headline comes out of Fox News' Sean Hannity. It says Sean Hannity claims Hunter Biden was well known to be unstable with serious problems. We all know that. No sense in going deep into that one. Biden's Rescue Plan Act bucks are a huge waste. There's a whole article about all of the things that the so-called American Rescue Plan have gone on to fund, and many of them would shock you. I'm not going to waste your time on this edition. We've got a lot to talk about in just a little bit of time. There's an article in here that says, RG3 apologizes for on-air racial slur. You know, Robert Griffin III, washed-up football player. He's now an ESPN analyst, former quarterback. He used a racial slur on live television. He said, Jigaboo. Jigaboo, if you're not familiar with that term, is a very derogatory slur aimed at Blafrican American 13% hyphenated minorities. It hasn't been used in a long, long time. So for him to just blurt it out suddenly must mean it is in his everyday vernacular. RG3 wrote on Twitter, quote, Yo, definitely need to clarify this. This is not what I meant to say. Was trying to say those bugaboos in reference to haters and doubters. Regardless of my intention, I understood the historical context of the term that came out of my mouth and I apologize. And that's it. He just gets away with it. He gets to keep his job. He gets to keep his wonderful job on air. Had that been a white guy who said Jigaboos on the air calling people that derogatory term, Jigaboos, he, a white announcer, would have been fired and blacklisted from the industry. While praising the Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, Griffin used the slur Jigaboos to reference his doubters. Now, for those of you who do not believe that such a fine, upstanding announcer as Robert Griffin III is supposed to be, dressed in his nice suit with his nice bling-bling jewelry, speaking better English now than when he played the game, if you think he didn't say it, I want you to listen to the clip because I don't want to be accused of making up the story. People said that Jalen Hurts couldn't get it done. He couldn't operate from the pocket. He's not the quarterback of the future. I think he proved all those jigaboos wrong. I think he proved all those jigaboos wrong. Jigaboos, 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 jigaboos. Okay, so now you have it. He said it, right? There it is. But just like black people can say the N-word that rhymes with bigger, this guy can use the term jigaboos with impunity, and it is perfectly okay. No censorship from the network, no termination, no suspension, no consequences whatsoever. Because if you're a black African American 13% hyphenated minority, it's perfectly excusable if you slip up. You can simply walk it back when you call some group of people jigaboos. Once again, proving that the double standard is alive and well. But Steve Z, it was probably just an innocent slip of the tongue. Why don't you just forget about it and forgive him? It would be just as easy for me to forget and forgive him if the double standard that applies when a white person makes a similar slip of the tongue gets raked over the coals for it, loses a job, loses a career. No, RG3 should be given the same treatment as Kurt Gowdy would have been given. Terminated, fired, done away with, eliminated. That should be the punishment for saying the word Jigaboos. a very derogatory term. This is the Truth Hurts program. While the time is flying by, a few of the other headlines out there. Biden administration may cut the number of migrants eligible for asylum at the border 
but has opened up the path for many, many others. Family of U.S. Marines sends Biden a clear message on the despicable Brittany Griner deal. Biden cannot promise a reporter when prices will return to normal. He said, I can't make that prediction because he knows his inflation continues. Elon Musk guts another part of Twitter with a sudden announcement. Uh, Lori Lightfoot ripped by Chicago media for ignoring concerns about police scanner suppression. Deep state mentality. Secret Service ICE secretly coordinated with the FBI to strip gun rights, according to emails. We'll have to look at that one a little closer. The Cambridge Dictionary is changing the definition of man and woman. These and many, many more topics up for discussion on the next edition of the Truth Hurts program, because we are just out of time for this one. Go out there and make it a wonderful day, folks. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye for now. This program is protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. I apologize if you are offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts. The new television series Rat in the White House premieres tonight after the gangbang theory on GBS, the government broadcasting system. This is not your average celebrity game show. It's not a cooking show. It's not even a mystery. Rat in the White House stars gropey Joe Biden, the rat who skulks around like an Alzheimer's patient desperately trying to fit in. Co-starring head ho Camel Toe Harris with special guest appearances by Nazi Nancy Pelosi, Chuckles the Clown Schumer, and others. Rat in the White House does his best to try and read teleprompters, cue cards, and listen to the voices in his head. The ones speaking to him from his hearing aids. This rat is up to no good and he doesn't even realize it. Look for Rat in the White House coming to the back of a milk carton near you. Stay tuned for an all-new Wiped Out, the show that proves America is on the decline as it gets wiped out by the Democrats. That's all tonight starting at 7 on GBS, the government broadcasting system. Steve Zee, the Truth Hurts Program. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was pre-recorded.